everyone. Welcome to the Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode. If you're new here, I'm so happy that you found the show. Episodes drop every Wednesday morning. And if you've been with me for a while, I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in when you do. And we've got another amazing conversation today. We have got Jessica Miles joining us. Jess is an international intuitive healer, spiritual medium, and she's the co-host of the Aligned podcast with Allie Ofstedal, who was also on the show a few months ago. So check that one out too. For as long as she can remember, Jess has had a strong connection to her intuition and the subtle energies around us, but she didn't realize then that these innate abilities of hers would someday be an offering to the world. She is a certified practitioner and facilitator in advanced intuitive healing and Reiki, and she has advanced her studies in psychic development, mediumship, and spiritual leadership with mentors like Brie Melanson and Catherine Schiff, who were both also on the podcast recently, awesome episodes as well, Susan Schuler, and so many amazing uh, other healers as well, all of whom helped her understand her unique and innate power fine-tune her skills as a conduit for divine messaging and help bring forth a container for healing. She says, it wasn't until the birth of my daughter in 2009 that I began to realize the strength of my psychic abilities. The visions and messages received by my mind's eye were becoming more frequent and undeniable, but still I was only sharing my experiences with a handful of people in my life. I was afraid of how this would impact my life and what it would really mean to be psychic, let alone a medium. With time, my connection to spirit began to shift and grow in ways that I didn't fully understand, and I developed this knowing deep in my soul that I was meant to help others. My doubts and fears quickly turned into trust and joy as I found the right mentors, and I knew in my heart that I'd found my purpose. I have rediscovered myself through this work, and I feel honored to share sacred space with others. As I shift and grow, so do my abilities, making me a forever student in this thing called life. So that's a little bit about Jess as we go deeper into our conversation today. And we also talk about, you know, the general fear of the unknown and fear of working with spirit and the uncomfortability around that, moving through that fear into a place of knowing and trust. We talk about specific practices for psychic activations. And we also talk a lot about death and grief and, you know, acknowledging that we're still human with human emotions. And Jess and I have both been moving through grieving close, you know, family and friends that have just passed from cancer. So we we definitely talk about that in this episode as well. All right, you guys, well, enjoy this episode. In the meantime, as you're listening, you can find Jess on Instagram at people call me Jess, and I'm at Helen Denham underscore. And if you feel like a friend might benefit from what you're hearing, please do send it along. You can even leave a review if you feel called. I'd love that. Be so grateful. But thank you again for being here. I love you. And I'll talk to you on the flip side. Well, just the first question I love to ask people is, how do you like to start your days off? Do you have any rising rituals or routines that you go to? Um, well, with kids, <laughs> my rising routine starts a little bit later, you know, so I like to get them off to school and, and out of the house. And then I come back and I kind of drop in and do my meditation. And so, yes, I, I always like to be out in nature in the morning. So after I get them off to school, I go out for a nice, a nice long walk. Um, sometimes about two hours because that's when I get all my divine inspiration and I ground and I'm breathing and 
doing all of the things. Um, and then once I get anchored into that space, then I think of, you know, what are my intentions for the day? But it kind of looks different every day. It's not like the same exact practice, I guess. I think uh, the walking is probably the most consistent. But sometimes it's like I need to go home after that long walk and actually drop into a, a, a you know, a mindfulness meditation. Sometimes it's me just cleaning <laughs> for me to get into my flow. Um, so yeah, my, 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 my mindfulness practice is very mom-oriented. It's never, it's never like a quiet moment, as you can see with my son that came in two seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that you make time though to get out for walks. I'm so mm -hmm. with you there. Like I go on walks and just talk to myself. Like what does your exactly. flow look like on a walk? Are you kind of doing the same thing? Just letting yourself do like a brain dump, if you will. Exactly. I'm just like, I try, sometimes I'll listen to music, but lately I've been in this mood of not having anything and just, just being in, um, in with nature and, you know, I connect uh, very closely with animal spirit and nature spirit. Um, and so I feel like all, you know, it's probably going to sound weird to some listeners, but I feel like I get a lot of inspiration from, from that type of energy. Um, and so, yeah, it's just right now I'm in that quiet mode of just wanting to receive in as much quiet as possible and just be in my heart space. Um, but yeah, and then there's other times where I get flow even when I'm walking with a friend, which is really weird, right? We're talking, we're talking, we're talking, but I'm still getting... <laughs> spirit information from my right side. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There's something about movement too, that I feel like helps us move through energy and like release it just, just from simple walking. Cause we're not stagnant. It's just moving it. I agree. You know, when I first started my practice, um, it was, you know, it wasn't a gentle awakening. It was, <laughs> it was an, an abrupt awakening and I had never meditated a day in my life. Like it, it just wasn't something that I could ever see myself doing. And so I remember when I first started diving into my spiritual practice, that was like the biggest thing that people said, like, you have to meditate. And I was like, oh my God. And you know, it just, it just felt painful that I had to sit there and quiet for, you know, five minutes, let alone 20 minutes. But what I found for me, what really works is I, I, when I allow myself to go on a journey by listening to music or listening to or, or doing a visual meditation, then I can really get there. Um, and, um, and so, yeah. And then I realized, well, wait, I actually don't have to be sitting on this mat. I actually get more flow when I'm moving. When I'm driving my car, I get a lot of divine inspiration. Like I said, when I'm washing my dishes, um, gentle stretching. I don't know about you, but I've noticed when I'm doing like a more of an, a, an aggressive workout, I don't. I feel like I'm not, it's too, it's almost like it's too much masculine energy for me. I don't, I'm not in my flow. It's 100%. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Well, I think a lot of what you're saying is so refreshing and I think needs to be reiterated for people that there is not just one way to um, access our spiritual essence and our, our well-being on that level. Like we don't all need to be sitting in meditation for four hours a day and meditation is going to look different for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I love that you bring that up. And absolutely. I went through a phase where I was like, okay, I have to run. I need to do HIIT workouts. Like, you yeah. know, I think you're so on it. Like feminine embodiment is a lot more gentle and slow. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's okay. And that also is going to be unique for everybody too, but I'm, I'm very much with you there. Yeah. I had to find an adjustment even in that because prior to my practice or prior to my awakening, I was in a very, like, I was like, you know, doing a lot of kickboxing, a lot of like this really intense workouts, like hit workouts, you know, all these things. And, and my body was trying to tell me to do something else. Like my back would go out or I'd, I'd pull something and I, but I didn't know at the time that that was my <laughs> intuition or my, my soul trying to tell me to slow down. Cause we're trying to speak to you. I just thought like, I'm getting old, like what's going on. 
you know? And so that's just what I found that works for me, but I am kind of mourning that masculine part of myself. Like I'm still trying to find, um, I guess a love for some sort of workout where there's, you know, where there's like weights and things involved, but my body is just like, no, it's not happening right now. So you need to just be in your feminine for sure. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. I want to journey back with you. You have mentioned that you had quite an abrupt spiritual awakening. So I will have given a little introduction about who you are, what you're up to, but I'd love to hear about your journey. Like what has your spiritual journey looked like? <laughs> it's well, for me, it looked like um, a, a very wild roller coaster of a ride because you know, when I track back to my childhood, I, I was definitely a, somebody who was very intuitive and it was something that was ingrained in me to like trust my intuition. And I, I could feel what was going on around me and I knew what was going on around me, but I didn't have the language as a child. Right. So I just kind of took it in as my own, you know, if I, if I could feel people were fighting, I thought it was mine, you know? And so what I learned to do over time was because it was something um, that was kind of like, like, don't say that or don't do that. I just learned to shut things down over time. Um, but then, you know, like through high school and then my twenties, it would just kind of peek in and it, and it would come through in my dream space. Initially, it was very prophetic dreams, very vivid dreams. I've been a vivid dreamer as long as I can remember, but it started to increase. It started to become like, I, I would call it deja vu. <laughs> I'd be like, Oh my God, that was like deja vu again. It was, things were happening to where it couldn't be explained, but I would never call it psychic. Even though I love psychics and I loved astrology, I didn't think that it was possible for me. Um, but then after, um, you know, the birth of my, my daughter in 2009, it became so loud and clear that it was something I couldn't deny, but I still did. Right. So at the time it felt like quote unquote, bad spirits were, were bothering me. But I think what it was, is that it was my fear of knowing what was about to awaken that felt scary to me as a child, right? So I had an experience where um, we went to a, a wedding um, in Mexico and we were staying at this resort and I wasn't drinking. Of course, my husband was as he should. And I was laying in the bed and all of a sudden I felt like this like tremor in my body. And I, I was like, oh my God, there's something in this room and it's very, very scary. And it was like, it felt like it was shaking me. And I, my husband woke up very quickly and we both looked at each other and he's like, I don't want to talk about it. And I was like, okay, that's the start of something. Now it's starting to get bigger and louder. But, you know, looking back on that now, again, I think it was my fear. That was really the loudest thing that was happening. And I didn't know how to process that energy. And I didn't know I was a medium then. I had no idea that I was a medium then. And now that I know what I know now, I know that that was spirit coming into my field and it was just, my, my body didn't know what to do with the energy, you know? Um, so after my daughter was born around, um, the age of one and a half or two, she was very vocal, you know, she was always moving around and she would start talking to the corners of the room and I would be like, oh my God, I used to do that. It was like, you start to remember things that you did as a child and I would witness it through her, but instead of me turning it off for her, I we kind of go, Oh, who are you talking to? And she would say Dada. And that was my great grandfather who passed when I was 14. So she didn't know who he was, you know? And so I was like, okay. And I've always believed in, you know, the spirit world and things like that. But again, in no way did I think I was a medium <laughs> at all. Um, and so things started to become more increasing spirits would visit me in my sleep and they would tell me about things that were going to happen the next day, or they would tell me about a friend that was going through a breakup and they would say all these things, but I would never share a lot of it. I think I shared like with one or two friends what was happening, 
So it felt like I was going a little cuckoo, to be honest with you. It just felt like nobody in my world was doing anything with spirituality. They, they weren't meditating. They weren't doing anything like that. It just felt like I was having like some sort of nervous breakdown. And then it also affected my body in a lot of ways. My health was going bananas. Like I, I, I was self-diagnosing myself with every autoimmune disease under the sun. And I'd go to the doctor and like, no, everything's fine. I'm like, what the heck's going on with me? So it took like a good, you know, seven years of lots of slams to my health and lots of increased, you know, um, communication with the spirit world through my dreams. And then I think it was in 2017, three days before my husband was in an accident, I knew something bad was going to happen to him. Like I knew it with every part of my being that something bad was going to happen to him. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that he was going to be unable to work for six months and that we needed to make sure we had all of our finances in order. Again, no training, no nothing, but I just knew it. And so my husband was like, what, why are you being so paranoid? I'm like, you need to make sure that we're going to be financially okay, just in case for six months. And if you can tell me we'll be okay for six months, I'll drop it. I'll, I'll let it go. And so he called our accountant and did all the things like, we're fine. I'm like, okay, good. And then the next morning I get a phone call that he was in a surf accident right out front and he was being rushed to the hospital and he had broke his back. And so I was like, what did I do? In that moment, it felt like I, I jinxed it. You know, it didn't feel like it was just like, I just jinxed him. I jinxed him, you know? And, but I also had this very strong knowing that he was going to be okay, that he was going to walk again and he is going to be okay. Like I actually saw him walking out of the hospital but again, my fear was going, oh my God, I'm a, you know, a mom, I have these two kids, he's going to be paralyzed. And my head, my head was going in all these different places. Um, and so that like really kick-started my awakening. And I was really fortunate to have a mother-in-law who is an astrologer and a healer. I, I always reference her as a shaman, um, even though she doesn't call herself that. But I was really fortunate that I had her to really lean on and, and share a lot of my experiences, a lot of these mystical experiences with. And she was trying to show me through years that it was in my chart, but I, it just wasn't in my consciousness yet. Like she'd be like, you know, you have this marker, this marker. And I'm like, what do you mean? It was just kind of like <laughs> going over my head. And then after that accident is when she said, you need to start, you know, looking and considering hiring a teacher but i didn't know what that meant then i'm like there's psychic teachers like what are you talking about like it was just so out of my my brain and so i kind of put it away again for another six months then the following year for my husband's birthday we went to go visit um, his family like we always did and while we were there she was um doing some muscle testing on me which i had never heard of she was like we need to understand why you're afraid to tap into this ability that you have and so she started muscle testing me. And while she was muscle testing me, I went into an abrupt channeling session. Like I went into full trance and just was channeling all of her ancestors and giving her all these messages. And it was like, I couldn't control it. It was just like, and then it just stopped. And we just looked at each other like, ah! <laughs> and I was like, what just happened? And she was like, I don't know. But it was really cool. <laughs> I was like terrified. And she goes, when you get home, go find a teacher. And so that set me on my path to finding my first teacher. Oh my gosh, Jess. So cool. I mean, a couple of things I want to ask you about. First of all, a lot of listeners are really interested in dreams recently. So mm -hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts about like what is going on when we're dreaming, what 
like more detail about your dreaming experience as well. Um, well, a lot of times what we're doing in our dream space is we're working out our day. We're like, we're, you know, when we go into our dream space, we're actually, we're healing ourselves. Our, our spirit is allowing our, um, ourselves, our body to heal. So a lot of this stuff is just, we're just purging it. We're just getting rid of it. But there is, you know, that layer and depending on how you receive information, because we're all intuitive in, at some degree, right? For me, I'm very visual. So that's the easiest way that my guides are going to come in is into my dream space, especially when I'm trying not to see what's going on in the physical when I'm awake, right? Um, and so, you know, you're going to process the way that you process your information. So some people might have dreams, but they don't actually see things, but they feel in their body. Like, I don't remember my dreams, but I know this feeling that I had. So if you're listening, just kind of pay attention to how you perceive information, how, how you always have as a child. I'm just saying it from my lens because I was, I'm somebody who's very visual. Um, so for me, it's, you know, in the beginning, it's more of like, I'll get, um, uh, sorry, spirits talking to me onto the side. I'm like, not right now. Um, I'll, like I'll, I would get repeating dreams. And if I get a repeating dream, that to me says like, oh, there's a message there. You really want to pay attention to it. Right. Or if you see a lot of symbolisms in your dream, again, those are like messages from your guides, from your, from your soul, your hair self. Right. Um, but a lot of times what we're, what we're like going through where it's like, oh, I had a dream. I showed up at school and I didn't have my shoes on. <laughs> right. Then that's like that deeper emotional stuff. And I, there's wonderful dream books that you can pick up and reference back to, which I strongly suggest. That's what I did through the first year of my awakening. I was able to interpret what was going on in my subconscious through my dreams. And then slowly, the more that I worked within that dream space, then the spirit world was able to come through and my guides were able to come through and actually give me beautiful symbolism to show me where I was headed in the next X amount of years if I, if I allow myself to be guided. Mm -hmm. Right. And so right now I do feel, and I see through with a lot of my clients is their dream space is getting heavily activated right now because it's the easiest way to, to communicate. Like we're out of the way, you know, we're, we're, we're not on our phones. We're not on the TV. We're not, you know, we're not like constantly being busy. We are in full rest. And so I'm getting a lot of um, messages and hearing a lot of conversations about all of a sudden I feel like go ghosts in my room. And I'm like, eh, what's, it's more than likely your loved one in spirit that's there with you, but you probably didn't have the ability to feel it then. And now consciousness is open, right? It's just the veil is so open. It's so thin. It's open to each of each of us. Um, and so you may even notice like your intuition is even heightened. All of us are at some degree. Yes. Yeah. I think you might know Catherine Schiff. Do you know? Oh, Catherine? Catherine's one of my mentors. I love oh, Catherine Schiff. I love Catherine. Oh, oh, I didn't know so, you knew her. Well, I just started uh, teaching at the Den Meditation and oh. I started taking Catherine's psychic classes. That's where that she was my first teacher. One of my, one of my first teachers. Oh my God. So mm -hmm. by the time this comes out, Catherine's episode will already be out too. So shout out to Catherine. But I started taking her psychic classes. Mm -hmm. And after like three sessions, I started to see like purple, like orbs coming through the door. I started to feel spirits around and I felt the same um, sensations that you were describing. Like I was mm -hmm. a little scared. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, you <laughs> 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 can actually feel this. Um, but so, okay. So I'd love to dive into as well, like what is happening in the astral world beyond our, our physical sight and, and this sense, like what's going on out there's, here? I mean, there's a lot. I mean, it depends on where you want to travel. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, cause some people only, some people only travel into the spirit world and some people travel into the higher realms of the angels and, you know, the, the guides, the inspirers. So I'm somebody who can go in, you know, to all levels of, of existence. Cause I choose, I choose to, it's in my ancestry. Right. So 
I mean, I'm sure you've taken Catherine's classes and she showed you where you can really go. You can see some really spacey, you know, like what I would call alien experiences and different realms and, and, and seeing different types of guides and experiences. But I also feel like those parts of ourselves that we see is just our deepest fears asking to be seen to be released so when i first started going and we would travel through the astral realm with catherine i was scared to death because i was seeing the craziest things but then i was also like she would also remind me like what was your what was your childhood like and i'm like well i loved alien movies and i loved scary movies like you know what i mean so i had a lot of that programming within my field that i had to work through and with the help of her i was able to clear a lot of that and as you said, it only takes a few classes for you to understand like, oh, I can move my own energy and realize that I can be in my own intuition and I can open up my senses and, and get divine spirit and information. Holy moly. It happened for me within a week with her mm. and only going for a two hour class. Right. And so imagine doing it every day, running your energy every day as she, you know, she teaches us. And it's, it's just incredible. Like I remember when I went to go see her, um, actually my guides showed me a picture of her in my uh, in my dream space and i didn't know who this woman was but they said you're going to meet your teacher in the next three weeks and i was like okay you know so i like wrote it down i'm like okay what does she look like who's this teacher and then all of a sudden they they said um google psychic uh, psychic meditation teachers and she popped up on the den meditation and when I saw her face, I almost like fell to the floor because I was like, okay, that is weird. You showed me her face. You told me where to go. And she teaches this. And then I heard her on a podcast um, where she was, I think it was a podcast for the den where she was sharing her experiences. And I was like, oh my God, she's my teacher. She's my teacher. And, um, and so, yeah, it's funny when I, when I think about that story, cause I'm like, wow, that would talk about like worlds colliding. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my God. It's so funny. Just sitting here with you. My body feels different. I feel like lighter. I feel like <laughs> it's, it's a very physical sensation. I don't know what, what to, what to really call it. Anyways, I'm just noticing that in, in my physical world right now. So, okay. So I'm thinking about like um, my grandparents and our ancestors mm -hmm. that have crossed as well, that might come to visit us. Mm -hmm. Can they shift realms to come communicate with us? So it's more easily or do, or if we have spirit visiting us, are they, um, making a choice to st stay in this kind of in-between world? Well, it depends on who you ask because there's different, there's different philosophies and different theories of thought and it's really based on your belief systems, right? Mm -hmm. So my belief is that spirit transition is all, but it's always around us. Some people believe that there's like a purgatory, you know, or whatever, but there is the way that my guides have showed me is that there's worlds within worlds. And just like we're ascending, spirit is continuing to ascend as well right? They're still learning lessons and evolving and growing as a soul and as a spirit. Um, and so when I think of, um, when I connect with spirit, like, let's say I was like going to do a reading with you, I have to raise my vibration, but I also have to make sure that your vibration is nice and open. So it's a three-way call, right? So I get you to raise your vibration. I get me to raise my vibration and then I expand my energy. And then the spirit world expands their energy for us to meet and then to blend. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of times, uh, what people don't understand with mediumship is that you have to be able to hold the frequency. Otherwise the information gets choppy. And so sometimes someone will say, oh, this medium couldn't do this or this. It's not that they were doing a bad job necessarily. It's just, you have to be able to hold that frequency and be in your power and hold that vibration so that you can keep that strong communication and get evidence and, and conversation. Otherwise it'll just be like, I have a grandmother. 
oh, I know you have a grandmother here, right? And so, yeah, it's like it, take, it's like it takes a lot of um, energy um, and expansion to hold the frequency, and that also takes practice, right? Like I can tell you and I would be able to, to raise our vibration because I can feel our energy already getting big just talking about it. But if you have somebody who's grieving, who's sitting across from you, it's, it's, it's a little bit more work for the, for the medium to make that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about um, reincarnation, I guess? You know, like traveling in between physical vessels. What do you think about that? I mean, I, I can tell you what I've experienced through just traveling with my guides. When I, I was like, when I was first developing, I would, always cons- I would always call it past lives. And then as I was like traveling along with my guides or other versions of myself, I realized that it's all happening at once, which is kind of a, like a f- wild thing to think about. Um, and so if I, if I say from my experience and what I've seen through my past, past lives, future lives, and all these potentials, it feels like it's happening all at once. And I, so I do believe that we can interchange in between bodies and that re- reincarnation is real, but I know some people don't. That's right. just my theory. Yeah. Cause we're not on a linear timeline. So right. you know, it's like, yeah, it's all happening. Exactly. And so it's like, if I think of you know, when, when I first started um, seeing one of my physical guides, I was like, gosh, that's so weird. She kind of looks like me in a way, like the eyes. I, I would look at her eyes and I, I felt like her eyes were familiar. And I was like, she reminds me of myself. But in the beginning, it was, I think it was too big of a concept for me to understand. But over the, you know, a series of five years, my guides have showed me, you're just seeing a, another version of yourself. Like your guides are another version of yourself. Ooh. And I was like, dang, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's fascinating, you know, but again, it's just like, who knows? Like, I, I don't know. We don't know for certain anything. So with you, I mean, I'm just so curious about it. And I think that there is a reason that we don't know. I think there's a purpose to our amnesia coming here and there's a purpose to our curiosity as well. I think it's a gift that we are curious and mm-hmm. sparking these conversations because it, it raises the vibration of not just us, the collective. And as you mm-hmm. were saying earlier, spirit's own involvement. Yeah. Oh, I do agree with that too, because you know, it, it, it feels really good when, you know, when you're connecting and you're doing all this stuff up here. But my guides are always like, but you came here for this experience and remember that. And especially with the mediumship with me, it's like, uh, you know, um, the greatest gift that I can give the spirit world and the person who's sitting across from me is to be in my human experience because then they have more to work with. They have more to be like, I have more experience to share with my sitter because they're going to use what's in my little, my little data bank in order for me to share the messages. Right. And so I, when I was first developing, I was like, Ooh, I love all this light up here. It's so yummy. It's like, Ooh, it feels so good. And then my guides were like, now we need to do, show you the shadow work and we need to bring you back into the roots of the earth. And at first I was like, you want to show me what? <laughs> right. And now I'm like, Oh, I actually love, I love being in the soil of the earth and being in this experience down here because it is true. We are, we're here to, to, to experience all levels of emotion and experience all, like all of this is we're here, we're here for this to like to, to evolve and grow. Right. Um, and it's sometimes how painful it is and, and how joyous it can be. All of it is beautiful. And, um, and so, yeah, I was like just thinking about when you were talking about when you were younger, the books that you would read, I was so drawn to, I wanted to know about, um, uh, like life after death. I wanted to know about numerology. I wanted to know about astrology. I want to know about all of these concepts that were, I mean, I was like in fifth grade, fourth grade, rushing home to like, if I knew like Sylvia Brown was going to be on the TV, because 
because I was just fascinated. And my parents weren't doing any of that. You know, my dad's a Scorpio and he definitely has like this mysticism in him, but he used different language. It was just a different language. He was just like, trust your intuition. Where I was like, I wanted to know, I wanted to go deeper. I want to know why. Like, why does this happen and, and stuff like that? And so when I found like my purpose, I guess, or purposes, because it's constantly changing, I felt like, oh, this is fun because now I'm like, this is where all that curiosity comes from. Like that curiosity of wanting to know why we're here and what, like, what is like, what, what am I, what am I here for? You know? And then, and whenever I ask the spirit that, of course, it's like to love and to find beauty in everything and in nature. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it makes me want to cry when I say that. They just brought a lot of emotions through my body. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the, the thing is, it is so fun and it's, there's no end to it, which mm -hmm. I think is why it's like, why we call it a journey or whatever yeah. word we want to give it, uh, because it's, it's like this exploration of the soul and spirit investigating mm -hmm. itself. And it's like, yeah. I love that teaching that says, you know, we're here to get, so that spirit gets to know itself. Yeah. Um, so I love to think about all of us on that, on that level. Uh -huh. So when you first started to hone in on your skills and really dive into mediumship as a practice, what were some things that you were learning and uh, being taught? Um, well, in the beginning, it was really about understanding my own energy. That's where I found Catherine. It was like, let's master your own energy so that when something comes in, you'll understand if it's foreign, if it's for you, if it's something opposite. And so I really spent like that first three months just understanding that. And then the other stuff kind of just opened up naturally. I will be really honest with you. I feel like the spirit world put a pause on like knocking on my door while I was in that foundational course. Mm -hmm. Then at about three months when they knew I was like getting ready to move out and take a break, it was like mediumship was just, it was so loud and so clear and so apparent. Um, and so when I asked for, I was like, okay, obviously this isn't going anywhere anywhere. And I remember telling Catherine, I was like, I don't know what the heck's happening. Spirits are in my car. Like it was just, it was very, very like, um, active and it was a little disruptive to be really honest with you. I was like, okay, I don't, I got to get a handle on this. Um, and she was amazing because she would kind of tell me like what to do in the beginning. But then when I found, um, my second teacher, um, her name was Susan, she was the one who well, one taught me not to fear the spirit world because I still had fear. I was afraid that when like a, a certain um, emotion would come in, I thought it was bad. I was like, oh my God, this is, a, this is a bad spirit because I didn't know any different. It was just playing on my lower chakras, playing on my emotions. And so I didn't realize that it was just giving me information to, to you know, it, it just felt like it was something that was being intrusive. So when I landed with that teacher, she had said, you know, you're a medium and you, you need to like get rid of the three-way call because I guess I didn't realize I was asking my guides, my guides were asking the spirit world and they were giving me information. I didn't know that. I just was like, uh, you know, <laughs> just communicating. And she said, I'm going to get you to trust the spirit world. Mm -hmm. And I go, well, I don't even know if I'm really a medium. I'm just trying, I'm just, I'm just getting over the fact that I'm possibly psychic this might just be like a fluke. It just might be something that's happening for a moment. And she just laughed. She was like, this, this is, you know, this is something you've done in many lifetimes. And I was like, are you sure? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? And so I'll never forget. She put me in a chair. She blindfolded me and she goes, I'm going to, I'm going to have you read everybody in this room with your eyes closed so that you can see that this is something that's very natural to you. And so that's what she did. She said, I'm going to put somebody in front of you you're going to, they're going to tap your knee once for yes, two for no. And you're just going to share everything that you're receiving. 
And so at first I thought, well, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know that I'm communicating with the spirit world. I didn't know how I was communicating with them at first. I really didn't until she showed me. She was like, tell me what you're seeing. Tell me what you're hearing. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you know. And I was like, okay. And she goes, and just talk, just talk, close your eyes and talk. And so I was just giving messages, 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 messages. And everything was like, yes, 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 yes. Which was so freaky to me. And then I took off my blindfold and this eight or nine women in the room were like, like what just happened? And I was like, what just happened? And so I ran out of that room, I out of that, that circle that night going, I cried my eyes out one. Cause I go, Oh, great. Now I got to tell my husband I'm a medium. <laughs> He's just getting over this. Um, but after that experience, it made me realize like, okay, this is obviously something that I'm supposed to be doing. So I need to, I want to hone my craft. And so I aligned with some really amazing mentors and teachers and they taught me the beauty of the spirit world. And that my belief system tells me that the spirit world is scary, but the truth is, is it's pure love. And I'm going to show that to you. And so I was really, really fortunate to work with mentors that, that led with love. And that allowed me to fall in love with the spirit world. And so now I look at it in a completely different way. And I've seen some, some wild things, some, some wild um, passings that if I would have saw them, you know, seven years ago, I would have been like, I'm never doing this again where now I can see, you know, how a soul has passed. And I just know that it's information that they're giving me to confirm something, but it doesn't, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't affect me. They're just giving me information. Mm -hmm. I hope that answered that question. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I also love that you're, it reminds me of like some teachings have us like automatic, right? Mm -hmm. Just kind of right like that. Is there anything yeah. that we could practice too? Like while we're at home, if we're trying to activate our psychic abilities and tap Oh, absolutely. Well, one, I always like to start with love, right? Just dropping into your heart space and taking to, you know, a few cleansing, um, deep breaths into the heart and just activating that unconditional love for your, for yourself. And I also like to imagine I'm extending it out to the planet that in itself will open up your orc field wide enough for you to get that understanding from the spirit world or your spirit team. Cause if we're in fear, doubt, worry, we constrict our orc field and you can't get messages that way. Right. So you drop into that. And I always start with a prayer me personally, because I, I, I set the intention for who and what I want to communicate with. And it's always divine love light um, because there are people who their, their purpose here is to work in different realms. You know, I know people who are shamans that work with certain types of spirits. Like I, in, I didn't choose that in this lifetime. I like to stay with, you know, um, I, I don't want to be like the, the vampire slayer, <laughs> not in this lifetime, but I know that there's people here that are, that are meant to do that type of work. So what I would say is like set the intention for who you want to communicate with. So whether it's your grandmother, whether it's your, angels, whether it's your guides and hold that intention. And then trans it, all of this is a transfer of thought. It, you don't have to have the perfect question. They already know what you're thinking before you even express it. And then what I like to do is grab a pen, put it to paper and just let your hand write. You would be really surprised what comes through, through that information. I still do it before every session um, with my clients because sometimes I'm hearing, seeing, and feeling things, but I'm actually writing things down that I'm not saying. And it's like evidential stuff that's on the paper. And then I go, oh, I wrote this down. Does this make sense? Right. And so that's a perfect way to start is using the pen and paper and just getting out of your head. And then once you feel your mind starts to kind of come in and question it, put the pen down for a second, drop back into the heart, take a few deep cleansing breaths and then go in with your intention or your question and then see what comes through. Some people will just really write 
in the beginning, I wrote like two sentences and then I go, oh my God, who wrote that? Like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, that's so weird. That's not me talking because I was like seeing words that I would never use. And then it took, you know, it took like probably three months for me to fully trust what was coming through. And then now it just writes, my pen just goes, my pen just goes. Some people just channel talk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so I guess what I would say with that is um, uh, lean into, like, if you are somebody who likes to write, do you journal? Oh, yeah. I journal write all day, every day. Oh, yeah. Then I would lean into that pen and paper. Yeah. I think I'm in a place where I need to get out of my head because I'm still yeah. in like the, the baby step phase of just being like questioning it and like overanalyzing. And yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So getting out of the way is, is really important and that takes practice. And I'll just tell you, even for me as a professional medium, I still get in my own way because I'm still like razzled and dazzled by everything. Like, did you just really say that? Like, <laughs> I'm like, there's no way. Did I just hear that? Like, I still get like in my head, like that's, there's no way that that's possible. And then I'm always, you know, like I'm always having side conversations with spirit because it's, it seems so unbelievable. But then when you share something and somebody confirms it, then you're like, oh God, how does this happen? I don't know. (laughs) That must be so satisfying, like to have that like confirmation and and just be able to guide people and help them in this way. It is. It's, you know, there's, there's a lot of love and joy that comes from it, but it doesn't, it doesn't come easy all the time. Like, listen, when you're doing this work, you're putting yourself out there to be called a liar. And, and you know, are you, are you like, are you sure you're doing this? And so you go a lot, a lot of mediums, if you talk to them, they're like, they're constantly setting themselves up for, you know, questioning, like, you know, are you telling the truth? And so every medium that I know that does this work, they still enter a session going, Oh God, I hope I, I hope I get this right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're your worst critic because you want to one, you know, meet the need of the sitter, but two, I mean, we have our own wounding, right? Like for me, it's like fear of being seen, fear of being heard. And, you know, am I even worthy of doing this work? And so that does come up for me sometimes before I do a session. But then once I'm in there, oh, and it's all gone. And I'm just like, just giving the messages, giving the messages. And and you're in the love of spirit. It's all you feel is the love of the spirit. And then you close down, you get off the call. And then you're, and then I'm like, God, I hope I did that right. And then you're, then my head gets back in, right? You start questioning yourself. And, but ultimately it's, um, it's, it's, I can't even believe I do this for a living. It's, it's. I love it so much. I love helping people. I love sharing the love of spirit with people. I love teaching. I mean, I never thought in a million years I'd ever be as happy as I am in, in a career mm. where you, when people say you found what you love, like, I'm like, I can't believe that this is what I do and how much I love it. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I almost feel like when you start to receive criticism and heavy questioning at some point, like it's almost a good sign. Cause it's like a test or something. I've been mm-hmm. facing that in my own life in the past couple months, just like questioning my authenticity, like mm-hmm. people questioning that I'm like, Oh, interesting. Well, this is just a, an opportunity to trust myself more deeply and, and sink into my self-love and be like, yes, I'm a good yes. person. I'm, a, like, I'm helping people. I'm helping myself. It's so <laughs> true. And, and, and it gives us an opportunity to see where we have wounding too, right? We're like, oh, thank you for that. Because it shows me if I got, if I got just got lit up by that, it's like, oh, okay, then I'm just going to go into there and I'm going to rest there and I'm going to spend some time there. And nurture my inner child, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, well, we all know that um, a lot of times, you know, projection, right? It's like, okay, this person's projecting their fears on me, and so I just send people love. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I wanted to bring up animals with you too, because you mentioned working with animal spirits a lot as well. Mm-hmm. How do animal spirits come in for you and, and how do you work with animals? Well, you know, that just came very naturally to me. And I think it's because of my ancestry, you know, with um, the indigenous background. And then my mom has a lot of um, indigenous background on her, on her side of family as well. So animal spirit was one of the first things that came through as, I mean, if, if, as far as I can remember as a child. Um, so it wasn't unusual to me. It's unusual. It was unusual to me in the beginning when I would share it because it'd be like a bear came to you and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't unusual for me as I felt it in my soul. Um, but nature is always speaking to us, always, always speaking to us, you know, and, and um, I always say to people, like when you're out in the world and you see, and you see like a butterfly that's like coming right at your face, like just tune into that for a moment and ask the, ask the, the spirit of the butterfly what the message is. And a lot of times it's just that one, that feeling that comes to the heart space. Um, and so now in the work that I'm doing and connecting with my ancestry over the last three years and really leaning into their medicine, animal spirit is the first thing that comes through for me. It's the strongest messages that I get. And I think it's because I'm like so open to it. It's, it, it's, it's everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, a lot of times people think that it has to be like the physical animal, but I'm like, no, 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 pay attention to like stickers, pay attention to things on people's shirts. And if you're seeing a repeating of an animal, like you can harness that animal, you can call it in and you can call in the essence of it. Um, I recently got my puppy, as you know, and um, while I was like tuning in, cause I like, I'm like, as much as I want to bring this puppy home, I have to make sure this puppy wants to come home with us. <laughs> And so I was communicating with the puppy and then I was like, okay, wait, is this a real message or am I just wanting this puppy so bad? So I reached out to my friend who's an animal communicator and just said, I want you to talk to my puppy and tell me like everything that he's saying. Um, and cause what he had said to me was, um, you know, I'm coming home, I'm coming to be with your daughter and your daughter's soulmate and you can call me, um, bear spirit. And so my husband named him Cedar. And I, and his middle name is bear, like bear spirit. And I was like, okay. And I didn't think of it at the time, but for the last year I've been getting bear energy for the whole year. It's, it's one of my main guides that I work with. But in that moment I was just like, okay, bear spirit, that's cute. (laughs) (laughs) And then when I sat with bear spirit, after I saw him, I was like, of course, it's exactly what I've been doing. I have been in hibernation. As you know, remember, I was like, I can't really do anything right now. I'm, I'm, I'm just in my own cave and I'm dealing with grief and like all these things. And, and it came in very strong. And so when she did a reading with, um, with my dog, she was like, it's just like bear. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I, now I'm harnessing bear spirit and I actually have bear spirit with me through, through his little heart space and his soul to remind me to slow down, to be grounded. To, mm-hmm. to go within, because this is a very internal time for me right now. It has been for the last year. Mm, it makes it made me emotional hearing you talk about that because I moved into this house in Topanga and Luna, our like house dog was here and I fell in love with her and I mm-hmm. consider her a soulmate. I think she's yeah. one of my greatest teachers. I don't even know how to explain it, but like mm-hmm. she opens up this like childlike quality in me like immediate access to the heart space, like mm-hmm. just seeing her, I mean, just takes me out of any, any density immediately. Yeah. I literally feel like part of why I'm here is to be with Luna. <laughs> I know. And, and it's incredible what animals can do for us, right? Mm-hmm. Like same thing with my rabbit. I was on a trip in Montana with my girlfriends. I had no intentions of bringing any pets home. Like I was actually the mom that was like, we are not going to put a pet, bring a pet that has to be in a, you know, like I was, I was like, we have to have, you know, land and like all this stuff, you know, 
but uh, the spirit world had other plans for me. And I brought this rabbit home from Montana and it literally shifted my, my son's whole spirit and my, and the, the spirit of my home. And I love my little bunny Geronimo. Like she's an angel, you know, mm-hmm. and then now having this, this puppy in my life and, um, and I can see how he's here to help each of us. But even for me, like I was telling the spirit world, I'm like, I, I really want to work on names because when I was first developing, I got names very easy from the spirit world. And then as I was developing with certain mentors, they're like, you've got to throw out names because if you, if you mess up the name, you lose the sitter. And so I listened. I was like, I could get rid of the names. <laughs> and so I was like, no, I want to bring the names back. It was so natural to me. Um, and and uh, so I was telling the spirit world, like, help me remember names because in my waking life, I can't remember names. I just can't. Um, and so I see why he comes in because now I'm walking him and I'm being more social and I'm like, what's your dog's name? What's your name? And I'm like, and I'm realizing now I know everyone's name on the block and their dog's name. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. And so he's helping me with my spiritual work. Wow. You know? Yeah. So many portals are open there too. I, I mean, yeah. When you have a dog, you enter a whole nother like social family in it's the so world, true. which is so funny and like so unexpected, but like mm-hmm. your whole community just immediately opens yeah. up. Yeah. And you're right. It's this very playful, it's this very childlike energy and they love you unconditionally. And it's a reminder for us too, right? To be playful. Laughter. I think it's like laughter medicine all the time. A little puppy so funny. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Jess, I want to talk to you also about grief and I want to bring this up mm-hmm. with you too. I just lost um, a dear family member. He passed mm-hmm. from cancer uh, just mm-hmm. last week. And I know, I mean, this is just part of the human experience, right? And I know that you've been moving and shifting through your own grief cycle mm-hmm. and process. And I think it's important for us to talk about in a spiritual realm because it's like, just because we have an understanding of the spirit world doesn't relieve the pain of being human and uh, losing somebody so close to us. So how have you been processing grief? Um, Well, I have to be really honest with you and I'm so sorry to hear about your uncle and your loss, um, but I haven't had a lot of grief in my life where, you know, uh, um, I lost um, two people who were very important to me when I was 14. And I don't think I didn't have the emotional capacity to process it at that time. Um, but when coming into, you know, 2020, obviously with everything that was going on in the collective, my guides were showing me that I'm going to be holding space for a lot of grief. And I said, okay, well, how do I hold space for grief if I've never really experienced it? And I, and then I, you know, of course the universe was like, (laughs) well, you're going to be experiencing it at some capacity. So all of last year, um, I was working, um, to, you know, studying with the police department or I'm sorry, um, you know, for missing cases. And I wanted to volunteer in that capacity. So when I was getting the messages around grief and when I was getting the messages around how I'd be holding space for it, I thought it was for that. I thought it was because I was working to help find missing people and, and unsolved cases and stuff. And so I'd have to understand grief in order for me to help families. Right. So that's what I was realizing. But then you know, later in the year, um, I was actually holding space for a dear friend and a family that I love very dearly. Um, unfortunately, her father got diagnosed with cancer, and I was holding space for him and um, and being his spiritual and energy healer through his process of um, of uh, his uh, journey of being ill. And um, and then they showed me that I needed to understand grief by start studying to be a death doula. Again, I didn't, again, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't, I didn't link the two with him and um, my experience. I, it's just, again, I wasn't, I wasn't seeing everything. Um, And as I closed out last year, um, 
I thought, oh, wow, I'm feeling into 2022 and it's going to be a lot of grief. But it felt like personal grief, like I have, was never, like I'd never experienced in my life. So I started thinking about my family and, oh my gosh, am I going to lose somebody in my family? And, um, and, 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 um, and I sort of did, you know, this person is, um, um, I haven't known them for many, many years, but in the short time that I've known him and doing, doing soul work with this entire family, they have become family to me and it was not easy. And I thought like once I, um, assisted him in leaving the physical world, which was a, which was a gift all in itself. And I'm so honored that the family asked me to do so. Once I um, walked the spirit home, uh, so it made me cry. <laughs> um, and I unplugged from being the healer, I realized, holy crap. And so you're right, being in the spiritual community, you think like, I know what happens. I've seen what happens to the spirit. Well, I know the beauty of this life and the beauty of spirit. And I know how spirit can still come through and and affect us here in the physical and in an impactful way. But my human self goes, why did this happen how, to this person? He's so incredible. Like, I don't understand. Not that one life is better than the other, but it just didn't make sense. So I kind of got, I kind of got mad with spirit for a minute. Cause I was like, I don't even know. Like I, what, what is this life? You know, what is this, you know? And, um, and of course my guide showed me the cycle, the beautiful cycle of something exiting and something entering. And my dog came into my life the week after, you know? And so I don't know, like, honestly, like I, I think that the, the, the essence of grief is a beautiful, beautiful portal and of exploration and understanding that every, each of us should um, um, navigate at some capacity. Cause you know, for me, I was somebody who didn't want to feel anything my whole life. Um, but what I will say is as hard as it is, there's so much beauty in it. And the connectedness that it brings people together, even though my heart is breaking, it's like, oh, there's so much beauty and um, holding space for that frequency and for that emotion. And um, I'm sorry, I'm getting like super emotional, <laughs> mm. like trying to hold it in. And, and it, it is hard because, you know, um, when I'm feeling like I have to be like the pillar and hold that frequency as the healer, but I am human. And so I've ha I had to like make sure I took myself out of it. And so once um, uh, he passed, I had to like, okay, I have to now go into quiet. I have to go into the bear mm. and I have to go into my cave. And now I have to process the grief. And so I'm, I'm still in that because it is still very fresh. And, I'm, and, I'm, and these people are, are very dear friends of mine. So I see them all the time. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm moving through it right now. As you know, as you're moving through it right? Yeah. And there's, there's no time, there's no right or wrong in it. There's no length of time. Like there, who's to say how long it takes. I have no idea, but this is definitely an experience that I have not had in my adult life. Um, and it's something to be, um, to take your time with, you mm -hmm. know, I think we rush through a lot of our emotions because we just don't want to feel. And so I, I, I encourage people to just really be in the medicine of what that is and allow yourself to process it so that you don't hold it in your body and create illness in the body, especially in the heart space, because it closes up the heart, you mm. know? Thank you so yeah. much for, for sharing that, Jess. It's, it's mm -hmm. not easy to talk about or to revisit at all, but mm -hmm. it's something that we're all going to go through and, and exactly. process. And I think it's just such a gift that you are, like, as you said, a death doula. And my sister and I were talking about this. Um, we were like, we wish that our sweet William had someone to walk him home because he was scared. And, and yeah. this is what I learned a lot about, like, watching him pass. Um, 
through my family, I'd, I'd only seen grandparents pass and very peacefully, like they mm-hmm. didn't go. This passing was very difficult. Um, it was cancer. And I, and, and it's amazing because you enter into the cancer community, people with loved ones who are dealing with cancer. It mm-hmm. is, it is hard. It's really, really hard and it's painful. Um, people change before your eyes. You might yeah. not even recognize your loved one anymore. And then if someone is not uh, familiar with internal work, it can, it can be extremely scary to die. Like not, and it can take a while. It can take a months to oh, yeah. complete the process. It's like coming in. It's like, it's like having someone there with you in labor. Like we need people mm-hmm. to help people through the dying process just as much. Absolutely. And then also, um, you know, because in, you know, in our culture here in, in, in the United States, it's not looked at as something, it's like almost like a, a taboo. We don't want to talk about death. Mm-hmm. We love talking about the birth of something, but we don't want to talk about death. And in um, many other cultures, they honor it, they celebrate it, right? And and so I, I feel like that's shifting though here now in the U.S., especially after um, you know sitting in conversation with these uh, women that actually, because there's different levels of, of of showing up as a death doula. My my purpose was uh, my guide showed me was to actually walk the spirit home through spiritual care, right? So helping them to spiritually release the physical body and anything that ties them to the physical world, such as fear of, you know, leaving people behind and, and, you know, the worldly things, right? And so releasing those lower chakras so that the, the spirit can take all of its energy and be whole in the spirit world and not be tethered to the physical plane to where like, what, like, for example, I'm doing soul retrievals on myself from when I was a child because I left things, you know, fragments of myself from certain things that have happened. And so if you, if uh, you can find somebody who can hold space for somebody who's exiting in that way, I just, that was my first experience of ever doing it with somebody who's physically living and exiting the, this plane and to re-enter the spirit world. I've, I've always assisted the spirit in spirit. I've never assisted a physical person leaving and going to the spirit world. And I will forever be grateful for that because it was the most beautiful experience that I've ever been a part of. And I, I, I'm like, it makes me want to cry when I think about it because the love that came through that experience and to know that he was ready and he said he is ready and he exited when he said he was ready. It was mm. just incredible. It was incredible. Mm. And um, I'm forever grateful. It changed so me. It was a beautiful gift that, that he gave me, the spirit world gave me, my guides gave me. I'll, I'll never forget it. It will always be something I have a hold in my heart. It's so amazing to be the people you can kind of decide toward the end, like when you're ready to go. And, and what I've seen with uh, everybody I've seen passes, they usually get permit. It's always my mother. She's always there. She's holding their hand. She gives them permission to go. She's like, it's okay. Like you can love me from there. It's okay. It's safe to go. It's, you don't have to struggle anymore. Just like, it's okay. She's so comfortable with, she, she started a hospice when I was a kid and had all these stories of like, so she watched a lot of people go through the death cycle and a lot of people would get visitations from relatives coming in. I'm just so fascinated. It's so beautiful. Like my grandfather passing, he would call us and be like, grandma, eat us in the house. Want to come Mm -hmm. over for dinner? And we'd be like, first it was like freaking us out because we're like, okay, (laughs) going crazy. But then it turned into like, oh my God, this is so cool. He's getting, he's, he's He's getting his visitations. Yeah. And and I love that you just shared that about your mom because she, in in essence, was a, was a death doula or end of life doula. Right. Mm -hmm. And to be able to hold space for that. I mean, we need more of it. 
We need more of it. I think so too. I mean, this was her partner who passed. So it was, um, I hope that that's the most painful experience she'll ever have. um, Because my goodness, it's just heavy, heavy, heavy. And it it takes us all through huge shifts in life. Do we become different people Mm -hmm. uh, ourselves when Mm -hmm. when a, a very important figure is shifted in and out of our lives in the physical? So yeah. Yeah. But I love that we can talk about it and explore it because mm-hmm. it's not, it doesn't have to be scary or just create, it can just be, it's, it's okay to have difficulty as well. Yeah, of course. And again, it's like, I, I don't know. I just feel like so, so much of this is happening right now. These souls are, are leaving the physical plane and returning home. And, and so, yeah, again, it's just being able to have these open conversations Mm-hmm. And like you said, and giving the permission, you know, because a lot of times us in the physical, we want to hold on to our loved ones. We want them to stay with us and their spirit will stay even mm-hmm. if they're ready to go home. And so the permission I think is beautiful to give the permission is beautiful because you're actually giving them a healing. That's so yeah. true. Mm-hmm. The last thing I wanted to ask you about too, is like, what do you think about like fate and freedom, uh, like willpower? and free will. Um, because I know you mentioned your husband getting into that surfing accident and being scared at like that you had jinxed it, but how do you perceive like, you know, what his path, what all of our paths look like and where we interject with free will? Have you seen anything around that? Well, I think that we have experiences that, that come into our life, um, to definitely shift us, right. To definitely either give us a lesson and to get us on our path. Um, and so the example of my husband, I think that like, that was, uh Oh, are you still there? I'm, I can hear you perfectly. I just, oh, okay. your, your video is just frozen. Okay. Yeah, now yours, now you're good. Mm-hmm. Yours is frozen too. I was like, Oh, um, but I think that, um, like, okay. So like with my husband, I feel like that was, it was a divine plan that was supposed to happen. I feel, I truly believe that. I feel like that was supposed to happen. That was almost a little bit of his spiritual awakening in a way, because that sent him on his own journey where he was like. I'm not drinking, I'm getting sober and not that he was like an alcoholic or anything like that, but it was like, I need to make sure that I, I'm, he would say clear, (laughs) I'm clear. And he had his own spiritual awakening in a sense through that. So I can't take that away from him. Right. But as far as like, um, if I think about when I'm reading for a client and let's say they're like, I see something coming in for them, like an experience, that's an opportunity, um, within their field. And mind you, there's so many opportunities in a field what I'll always say to this person is like, this is in your field and you can draw closer to you, but you have free will. You have to make the choice to do the thing to make it happen. Right. Like, like uh, we kind of joke about this in the, in the psychic and mediumship community is like, when am I going to get that job? You know, it's like, well, but did you apply for the job? (laughs) It's like, you have the free will to make the choice and to get to the thing. And just like you have like, or spirit will always show me like the fork in the road, right? It's, it's not that you're going to make a bad decision. There's no good. There is no bad. There is, you know, it just might mean you'll, it'll take you a little bit longer for you to get back on your path and your soul's journey. And so I think that everything that we do and every experience that we have, there's richness there. It just evolves us as a soul and it gives us more knowledge and more experience. And again, not that it's bad or not that it's good because there is no such thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause a lot of times people are like, oh, I, I shouldn't have dated that guy. Like I should have, I should have not dated him. I, I wasted two years of my life. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't look at it that way. Think of the beautiful gifts that you received from that relationship and the lessons that you learned within that relationship and you bless it and you say, thank you. And then we release it. Mm-hmm. release it because yes, we do have free will. 
I do, I do think that we have free will, but then I also do think that there are times when the universe is going to come in and <laughs> like knock us in the pants. <laughs> <laughs> kick, kick us in the pants. We're like, okay, guys are like, we're, you, I don't think she's getting it yet. Let me just kick her in the pants a little bit. <laughs> I know they kicked me in my pants a lot in the, like, through my twenties. <laughs> mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. It's like we, it's, it seems like we come in with an intention to learn some yeah. specific things and we'll learn it one way or the other, but we have to show up for the work. Yeah. To get it I done. mean, have you heard of, um, like how they say, like you come in with like the soul contract, you know, mm-hmm. like by this age, you'll do this by this age, you do this. And I think about that and I'm like, Oh gosh, like I signed up for some of these things. Like that's a rad concept. I'm like, I don't know if it's true or not. I can, I can kind of feel into my own energy and I can see how that makes sense, you know, but then I think like, Oh, does that mean like that's already written? And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like there's so many possibilities and potentials out there, you know, who knows? I guess we'll never really know. Right. I know. Who knows what, maybe when we have our life review, it'll all make sense. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh gosh. It's so true. Oh, Jess, I'm so grateful for you. As I was saying earlier, like I feel different in your presence. Like my energy has shifted. I feel like activated. It's, it's very interesting. So I'm, I'm so excited to just stay in tune with your offerings coming up. So tell people, how can we work with you? If we want to work with you, where can we find you? Everything. Well, you can find me on my website and it's just my first and last name. It's Jessica Miles, M-E-I-L-S.com. Um, I'm uh, my, my main uh, mode of, uh, I guess, is Instagram is like my, my only thing that I'm really paying attention to. I don't do any of the YouTube or anything like that. <laughs> um, and then I have um, the Align podcast with uh, my sister, Allie, which you know. So that's another way of keeping in touch with me. And then all my offerings are on my website and I teach classes um, twice a month. Um, and I have private mentorships. And of course I do one-to-one sessions. And so, yeah, if you feel inspired to work with me, I'm here for you. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Jess. I'm really excited for people to hear this. Oh, thank you. All right, my friends. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. And of course, everything we chatted about is linked in the description below. A couple more things on my end. If you go to HelenDenham.com, you'll find links to work with me if you're feeling called. I have a one-on-one mentorship program, a course called Cultivating Confidence, an eight-module self-mastery course. And there are lots of blog posts up for you. There's a link to sign up for my Self-Care Sunday newsletter, which goes out every week. I love doing that with you guys. And I also teach meditation on Sundays with Unplugged Meditation and The Den. So looking forward to connecting with you. Again, I'm on Instagram at Helen Denham underscore and at The Lifted Podcast. Talk to you soon. Episodes drop on Wednesdays. I love you so much. Sending blessings. Bye for now.